hello and welcome to the second episode of my new podcast series. This week I've been lucky enough to speak with Asha Taranbi, also known on YouTube as Queen Ash. Her story about county lines, selling drugs and redemption came to my attention earlier this year. Asha's voice is a vital one in making young people stop and think about the choices they make, who they trust and more importantly, how they can avoid being groomed into drug trafficking. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. I basically just, the message that you were, you talking out about it, I know for a fact it's going to help so many other people kind of avoid that lifestyle. Do you see what I mean? Right. Because I've only heard it from a male perspective about country lines and that type of thing. I've only ever heard it from a male perspective about them doing that type of stuff. But I think you speaking out about it will prevent a lot of girls from going down the same route. It was so raw and honest, but it was also very like, you you were very humorous when you were telling. You know what I mean? You're yeah, I, I think it's because I've just kind of got over it. You know, it took me a long time and I was just like, you know what, it's done. Now that I look back at it, I'm 26 years old now. This all started off when I was 16. So it's 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 over, like over a decade ago. So I'm just like, it took me a while to kind of understand and go through it, obviously when I was in prison and stuff like that. But the minute I come out of prison and I kind of like, I healed from it. I was like, you know what? Did I actually really like go through that? Like I actually, I let myself go through that. So that that's where the humor was coming from. The fact that anyone can go through this lifestyle, anybody, but there is a way out. You do not need to be sad, depressed and crying like, oh my God, I sold drugs. I can never go back to laugh about it. Like that, that's the intention behind the whole, you know, the humor, you know, so yeah. <laughs> How did you get into that lifestyle? Was it from school, college? Yeah. Your friends? Yeah. Um, like basically it started off with um one of my girlfriends um was obviously involved with these guys. Well, she was actually dating one of the guys. That's how it started off. Dating one of the guys. And then next thing you know, you know there's a group of them whatever she's like hey you know do you guys want to come and hang around with this guy like it's gonna be fun you know obviously being 16 years old we were like yeah why not let's just go and hang and have some fun or whatever and that's how it started literally was it went from having a, a laugh a great time to oh they've got nice cars I like their cars I like their clothes how do they pay for their clothes? How do they pay for this? How do they do You know what? I want to be involved in whatever you're involved in. It, it, that's how it just, it, it started to like escalate as the days was going on. <laughs> wow. It's easy yeah. to get into and to not really see what's happening. I guess when you're that <laughs> age, because like you, I, I did like kind of, I enjoyed the party lifestyle. Do you see what I mean? Yes. <laughs> you have more time on your hands. I mean, you have three days at college, probably a part-time job. Yeah. That time is spent with, I don't know, like your friends and such. So it's really mm-hmm. easy to fall into, into that trap. Yeah. So yeah, literally just went from like partying, having fun, whatever, you know, we're going partying, blah, 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 the same old stuff. 
Um, there's boys there. Oh, boys. Oh, boys. <laughs> and then next thing you know, um, it kind of just sort of like escalated into the whole... You holding it? Was it you holding it? So they'd be like, can you hold this for me, please? Yes, that's that's initially, that's not like how it started off. It was just one of those ones like, oh, you know what? I think after like chilling with them for several weeks, because at the beginning we chilled with them for like two to three weeks without going home, weirdos. But anyways, that's another story. We were having a good life, cars, money, clothes, shopping, everything, hotels, everything. But then afterwards, I started to realise how they get in this money. So it kind of clicked in my mind. Oh, they're obviously doing some illegal stuff. So then they're obviously like now, oh, you know, can you hold this little package for me? You know, can you just do this little favour for me? You know what? There's a customer outside. Can you go and serve this customer for me? Can you help me out with this? And it was always, oh, I don't mind. Yes. Because in my mind, I was thinking these people are so nice to me. You know, they're paying for my hotels, my outfits, my cabs, everything not just me all my friends so I'm like you know what of course if, if somebody's shown me so much love I'm gonna do that favor for them so next thing you know I'm in a car headed up to Maidstone in Kent mm. and then it was four of us girls at the beginning so obviously we went there it was all laughy laughy ha 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 ended up staying there for several weeks and at this point I'm just like you know what this is not exactly what I imagined it to be because in London we were getting treated like royals you know life was good but now we're uh, yeah. trying to did they put you in like a rundown flat what was it where did they, they put you in what type of it was it, 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 it was basically like trap houses and these trap houses were customers houses right so these customers, obviously, they've got a habit or whatever. So the customers would get paid by the drugs and stuff yeah. like that. So then, you know, the way it worked, it was like they would get like two per day and two for the night just so that they wouldn't kick us out. So at the beginning, it was just like, oh, wow. You know, so like... You had to live with an addict. What was it like living with an addict? Yeah. I mean... At that time, I didn't really see it as like living with them. I was with my friends. I was very like, yeah. oh, let me impress my friends. They're friends, 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 friends. So it was, we were always in groups. It was more like I was my friends getting up to no good. I never seen it as like, oh, I'm actually living with these people because in my mind, I have a home, I have a life. I never really lived with these people, if that makes sense. I was just there, like, just getting up to no good on holiday. <laughs> Yeah, literally, when you're a teenager, I don't know how to explain it to a lot of people. When you're a teenager, it's just, it's so easy for you to think that life is so glamorous and so easy. It's not easy at all. You know, if somebody said to me, I'll pay £10,000 today, go and live that same life that you did for one week, £10,000, I wouldn't accept it. <laughs> I actually wouldn't accept it. I promise you, it was that bad. But at that time, I didn't see it like that but um yeah so anyways now we're in these houses and stuff like that um I'm with these people that I think that are my really good friends because the girls were my close friends till this day I speak to all the girls but the boys obviously we met them through the whole you know drug dealing whatever whatever but at the same time I was like you know these are my friends man I love them so much I'll, I'll protect them whatever whatever but at what cost though but at what cost it was like 
because we were so young, we were only like 16, 15, 14, and the ages were going down, people were always coming up to us trying to rob us. I actually remember one day we was in a house, in a customer's house, right? Bear in mind, we're all teenagers, really, really young teenagers, right? These customers walked into the house with a sock, a long sock. They put snooker balls, you know, snooker balls in the sock. They put about two or three snooker balls in the long sock. They walked into the house and they tried to smack us with the snooker balls. At this point, we're like, we can tell. We already knew. Everybody knows about the sock and the snooker ball. We all know. But the minute they came, that's prison. We were all like, yeah, yeah. So we all knew about it. So we're all like traumatized. They were like, give us all your drugs. We're like, take it. We gave them all the money. We gave them all the drugs. We gave them everything. We're like, you know what? It's not worth it. My life is not worth a few thousand pounds. You know, just take it. Um, other times, I've, I've witnessed people get stabbed right in front of my eyes right in front of my eyes it, it, it it's pretty gruesome like oh child I swear I I feel like I can't even believe I'm actually functioning as a normal human being <laughs> I can't believe that lifestyle and basically doing that's basically what it is doing road trap houses and stuff yeah. you've got enemies coming yes. up territorial isn't it when you're selling drugs mm-hmm. yes but yeah I, I used to think, which um, hearing about your story really changed my mind, is that a woman would get away with selling drugs more than a man would because they would be looked at, I guess, by the police as mm-hmm. less a suspect at doing that. Then yeah. you can be more inconspicuous. I feel like that is true, though. But then I, with I, pictures, it's the other. It's the other way. They will just they they see you. Like, you need to take. Oh my gosh. Do you know what it is? You know what I think? You know what I think is, yeah. Like in London, when I was in London, obviously I was not on the police's radar. They never used to look at me. They never thought anything of me. You know, I'm a young girl, whatever. In a way, I believe in London, women are overlooked yes. because they never think of women doing anything. They always target the guy. That's how London is. But because I was an Ipswich, the fact that my brown skin, stands out I was already on their radar <laughs> straight away they were like a very very white area that you were yes. in yeah 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 so the f- I, I till this day I feel like if I was in London I don't know if I'm if I'm correct like saying this correctly or I don't think I would have got the sentence that I got if I was in London I don't think so I got seven years initially I got seven years but anyways they were trying to make an example of us but the the reason why that I was targeted by the police and Ipswich is because the minute they saw somebody of color it's just like they knew which is so sad and so depressive it's like why do us Londoners do that we go to these county lines and it's always us not that's of color. And then it's just so embarrassing because it's like the minute they see us, I'm not saying every single person who drives a nice car, it's, of course, that's not, it can't be a fact. But they stereotype us because of what we've done. You know, like we were in big numbers. In, we were coming from London in big numbers, big numbers. Sorry, my nieces are crying in the background. I really apologize. We were coming in big numbers, right? loads of cars and it was so embarrassing and we're embarrassing ourselves like we 
I embarrass myself. We're going to areas where there's not one black person. The only black people that's coming there is me, who's a drug dealer. So straight off the bat, of course, they're thinking, oh, yeah, you know, let me make an example of her. It was so embarrassing. But anyways. Money when you were like selling. So you would, they would give you obviously a stash. Obviously you go to the, the top guy and he gives you your cut and then you sell mm-hmm. and give him. Were they giving you like a wage basically? No, no. At the beginning, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a wage. It's a ripoff. The whole thing is built just for the main guy to make his money and, and, he's, and his little And he's never seen. And he's that well, it's occasionally you hear of him, you talk about him, but you never see him. Um, the middlemen see him and everybody has so much respect for him. He's probably been selling drugs for maybe since he was a teenager himself, and he's like in his 30s now. So he's built up this reputation that he's this. Ooh, respectable person, but nobody sees him. Nobody sees him. Do you know if he ever got caught? I mean, he got caught for other things, but not for the same thing that I got caught for, which is like, that's not fair. Not that I care anyways, but it's just not fair. Process them saying to you, like the judge saying, we're going to give you seven years. How do you mentally process that at what, like uh, 19, 18 years old? I actually froze. I actually froze. I think I, I couldn't even think for like a split three seconds. I couldn't even think. I was just like, there's no way. I don't even know how to explain that feeling. It's almost like it's not reality. It's, it's like almost like I was dreaming. I'm going to be doing this much sentence for my first time going to prison as a teenager. It was so shocking. Wow. I think I almost melted into the chair. I don't even know how to explain that feeling to you, to be honest with you. How did you get caught? What was the build-up to the arrest? Were you on observation with a police watch? Yeah. yeah. So um, I uh, so basically, it's called conspiracy to supply class A, where like they were doing like operations and stuff like that. So they were watching us. Like I'm talking about every single move. I'm talking about going to the shop going to your family house, meeting your local friends, going to eat some dinner, everything. You don't see Pictures. a kid, man. You not see some- I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. How, how in oh. my life, I, <laughs> in my life, I never thought somebody, I'm, I'm not a celebrity. Why would I ever in my life think, oh, somebody's gonna take pictures of me, blah, blah, blah. So then, um, and then the thing is, right, at the point when I got caught, I was now obviously holding the, the phone. So the, yeah. the charge was higher. The trap hotline, yeah. So I'm like the middleman now. So whatever text messages that are linked to that phone that I got caught with, I'm basically, is all the evidence against me now. I've basically worked my way up. So the people at the bottom of the triangle like a triangle right the, the the bottom ones the middle the main the middle men and the main men because i had the phone on me when i got caught by the police they've linked me now to everybody i'm, I'm basically the connection towards everybody the text messages the phone calls everything the, the, the areas i was at they all linked it to a simple phone they didn't catch nothing on me no drugs 
I got done for conspiracy to supply class A because of the, the phone that I got caught with. Damn. So did they just, they came, arrested, was it like a, we're going to, they smashed through the door of the trap house? No, no, no. No, basically, when um the, the last time, obviously I got arrested several times, right? But the last time when I got arrested, what happened was I was, my job basically was to sort of reload. So my job was to go from London up to Ipswich and whatever other areas I have to go to. So as I was on the motorway heading up to Ipswich, right, there's like a massive roundabout in Ipswich. And as I was just entering this roundabout, all I see is police cars, do, 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 lights, flashing lights, get out the car, get out the car, get out the car, get out the car. Screaming. I mean, they were screaming to the top of their lungs. And at this point, I'm like, you know what? This is not the kind of life that I want. I come in peace, arrest me, just take me. I don't want the loudness. So they've they've obviously um they've took me now, they took me to the police station. I stayed in the police station for two nights, and that was the last time I got arrested. And they were like, you know what? We're not going to give you bail. We're actually gonna take you to court tomorrow. You're gonna go to magistrate's court magistrate's court you say at this point that night yeah and no I didn't no 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 I think I, I kind of noticed that night I was like you know what usually when I get arrested they always just let me go after before even 24 hours they let me go they always let me go so now they're telling me we're going to keep you for a second night and on your third day you're going to go to magistrate's court I was just like you know what I'm going to jail I just knew you know when your mind just tells you yep you're going to prison get yourself ready and prepared for anything that might happen to you in prison get yourself prepared I just knew I just knew and they took me to a magistrate's court and they were like you know what we're not going to give you bail you're going to go straight to prison yeah they were like you're going straight to prison and then at that point I was just like you know what I knew it I just knew it but I didn't ever think in my life that I would do a year and a half on remand. And even after I'd done the year and a half on remand, I was like, you know what? They're going to let me go. They have to let me go. I've done a whole year and a half. I'm a teenager. It's my first time going to prison. I'm sure they will let me go. They didn't let me go. I still had to do another year. And the fact that my sentence was so big for somebody who went guilty, I went guilty every single try. I went guilty, 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 guilty. I owned up to my own mistakes the simple fact that I didn't want to drag other people into it I don't want to talk about other people I don't want nothing just no comment I'm guilty for whatever you have against me I thought I was gonna get easy but I got it so bad it was really really it was a big sentence I couldn't even believe it to be honest I still till this day I still can't believe it did the boys that you mentioned earlier who you said were your friends did they <laughs> as well and did they you know did they try drop you in it were they snaky during the trial no, to be honest, none of it, not like none of them actually really said. None of them actually said anything. Majority, like basically, how many of us was there? Eleven of us. Nine of us went guilty. Only two went not guilty. And how did so they? Everybody, everybody went guilty on their their own part. Like we all was just like you know, we there's pictures, there's evidence. I'm going guilty. Every single one of us were like, we're going guilty, we're going guilty. But the two boys that went to trial, one of the boys was obviously trying to make it look like 
um, you know, they weren't guilty for it. So let them take the blame for it. It's their fault, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's what my solicitor told me. I don't know if that's the truth. I've never spoke to him after that day. You know, it was one of the two boys. And that one boy, he actually got sentenced to nine years. Nine years. And no third off, no quarter off, no nothing. Nine years. He got nine years sentence. Is he still the same? Is he still in I don't know if he's still in prison. I don't even know if he's got out because obviously at that point, I went in 2014 and I came out 2016. So I'd done two year, four months because of all the, the things that got cut off for me, blah, blah, blah. But when we went to our sentencing, remember I told you I only had one year left. That's when he got sentenced to nine years. He was out in the streets on bail. He got nine years. So he started his sentence the day we all got sentenced. He literally walked. But then the thing is, I don't know. I'm not going to listen to my solicitor because clearly you just can't trust no... I, I don't really care. But my solicitor said that he tried to say they took the blame for it. All of them took the blame for it. So, you know, it's, you know, I've got nothing to do with it. I'm just the driver. I just drive people around, blah, blah, blah. That's, that was his mm. trial, in his trial. He was saying he was just the driver, you know? But I was watching another... Uh, prison stories and there was one prison story with this guy he was saying he was shoving the mm. drugs into condoms and putting packs mm. packs packs up his backside and going up and down the country up and down the country wiping off shit selling it and crazy money crazy crazy money he went inside he's gone wow wow it's actually a very sad cycle to be honest it's, it's really sad I actually to, to be honest with you the reason why I speak on it so much is because I feel sorry for the people who are trapped in this lifestyle I really do from the bottom of my heart I feel so so sorry for people in prison who had similar mm -hmm. stories to you who had sorry what, that cough did you meet other girls in prison who had a like similar story to you where they were kind of yes. kind of green yes. oh a lot, a lot. Oh, don't they? Um, yeah, yeah. Buying you stuff, building your trust. Wow. Yeah. I think I think you know you know what's so sad. Like when I was in prison, yeah. Like obviously, I think this is the point where I like kind of like I changed my life around. At this point, I'm like, you know what? Life, there's so much to life. You can have everything and anything in this world. Why would I choose to be a horrible person who sells death to people? I don't want to do that to people, you know? Prison really actually opened my eyes. I was like, I could be anybody. I could be the most amazing person in the world. And as I was in prison, obviously I've made friends with people because that's the only people you have in prison. Like you don't have no family, no friends. And a lot of the times I don't want to feel like, I don't want to be one of those people that's trying to blame everything on men. I'm not those kind of people, but every single time, every single time these girls were talking about their stories, it was always, oh, my boyfriend showed me this and my boyfriend showed me that. And, you know, my, 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 my ex-boyfriend did this or a guy should, but why is it, I feel like it's the, the, the common denominator is men. I don't know if I'm just imagining this. Maybe it's just me, but the common denominator is the men. It's almost like they're always the ones who are trying to, you know, make women do things or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm not like I'm not really qualified. I'm also still very young. I'm only 26. I can't speak for everybody and everything. But I just feel like a lot of women, I feel really bad for them because the things that they're experiencing, 
I don't feel like it's always their fault. I don't think it's always their fault, to be honest. It's just my personal opinion. What was it like in prison? Uh, the food is not good at all. It's really bad. It's really bad. Um, uh, yeah, it's really bad. It's, it's so bland. The food itself is not bad. You get, you know, vegetables, chicken, rice. You get all of it. But whoever's cooking it is just not cooking it with flavours. It's just, nah, mm-mm. It's bland. <laughs> have you ever been out and um, being back at home and stuff? Has anyone from that previous life of yours, because I, I see it as a past life, um, yeah. they, have they contacted you or reached out to you? Yes. Wow. To try and get you back or, or what? No. So when I started the YouTube thing, right, I, I just literally, like, I have, the worst camera ever I have an iPhone 8 the quality is really bad I just was like you know what let me just come on here and share my experience as a therapy session I see YouTube as a therapy session so I was like you know what let me just talk on my experiences blah 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 and it felt good to me I'd done part one of this and part one of that and every time I did I was like oh this is fun I love it it's helping me but then I didn't realize that it was going to get so much attention right Next thing you know, I have people messaging me saying, oh my goodness, I've gone through the same thing. You know, I don't know how to get rid of these people, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so many, like, so many people message me. But then anyways, now, as people are messaging me, whatever, whatever, randomly, I get messages. Oh, hey, do you remember me? It's me from 10 years ago. 10 years ago do you remember I was this that that person do you remember this because obviously when I first met these people half of them I didn't see them because they went to jail or whatever some of them I saw them at 19 18 blah blah but it was a long time ago anyways and you know the funny thing is they were all like we support you so much like I support you honestly like you're, you're you experienced something so traumatic and so dangerous for a human being yet you're on youtube you're not scared of nobody but you want to share your experience to try and help other people in case they might feel trapped all of them are like we're so proud of you well done <laughs> the same people that i was experiencing my life without telling you well done we're so proud of you well done like you're doing really good da, da, da. Were you afraid to get run up on and like stabbed? Because you you spoke about that one time these people came, the customers came, ran up on you, robbed you. When close to violence, were happy to like be violent towards you. Were you not worried about someone pulling a knife on you? Uh, No, to be honest. I don't think anybody would do that to me. Besides, I know. I don't think I've ever been, I've never like since... Are you talking about like in the sense of like YouTube and stuff exactly. like that? I mean to rob you for your in the past. Not now. Not now, obviously mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Oh, you in the in the past. In the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. Oh my goodness. I was always on edge, always. Um, but I think it's because we were like in like massive groups and stuff like that. We were almost like, oh, you know. We're in groups, we've got our friends, we're so tough, you know, we're so bad, our bad, 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 that's the energy that we always kept, which is so cute, because it's like, no, people will come to you with knives, you know, like, there was one, one specific time, um, 
these boys ran up in the house. Apparently one of them had a gun. I didn't see a gun where I was so traumatized and so shocked. You didn't see it? One of them had, I didn't see it. I hid under a table because I was that scared. I literally went under a table. I was that terrified. And one of the boys from our group was like, he had a gun. Um, there were so many of them. Bear in mind, we're all teenagers and these men are like in their mid thirties. I'm not kidding. They would, I'm pretty sure they were hitting forties, big, tall, grown men. And they obviously saw the opportunity. They were like, you know what? They're so young. Let us, cause we were making a lot of money at this point. We're making so much money. We're killing it. I'm not going to say you were making a day slash week profits. Well, when I was on the block, it was about on a good day, 4,000. Not for me though. I never took that money. It was what the line was making. But when I took over the line, it was making 8,000 per day. Wow. And that's just from you being on the line. So would so as in the line, you know, you have like someone that they call up your mm -hmm. secretary, receptionist, whatever you want this. Little little man, yeah. Little yeah. Man, yeah. Would you you would run them that? So what was your like customer clientele? What was your client base like? Was it like everyday people or people that you know? I don't want to be rude, but like look like mm -hmm. they're into like drugs, basically. It was everybody literally everybody i think you know the thing is right when i took over the line we started to get like drugs that were really really heavy stuff i'm talking about the stuff that makes any addict go insane people were traveling from outside of ipswich to come into ipswich felixville all of these places they were coming just so that they can buy it off of us because it was pure it was pure it wasn't pure it was pure heroin it wasn't tampered with it wasn't doubled with it was pure so the line was making even more than eight thousand per day when i had the phone and that is the exact same reason why i went to prison is because of the amount of attention that was on that one specific phone you know wow did you ever did you like um what I was gonna say I'm just I'm in shock <laughs> did, you taken back. did you sleep if the phone is just ring 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 no. no which is kind of sad to me because it's like I feel like it's a bit unfair yeah because these people that I was working with they were making me hold all these lines I wasn't just holding one line I was holding four lines at the same time right so I'm responsible for picking up four different phones, taking the drugs back and forth from London to wherever they are. And I have to pick up all the lines. So I had no sleep, literally no sleep. I used to run on, like literally sometimes I would sleep for two hours. I closed my eyes, hello, yeah, 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 okay, okay. And it wasn't fair on the people that were in the trap house because I've been there, I know how it feels. I've been there, you know, calling them at four o'clock in the morning. Oh, there's a customer outside that needs this and that and that. But then at the end of the day, when all that money's collected, the main man's going to come. He slept for like eight, nine hours. He's had a good night's sleep. And his excuse is, oh, you know what? I can only give you like maybe a thousand out of this 8,000. 1,000 is yours. 
because you know what my excuse is um you know I have to get more food I have to get more drugs I owe this person that and I have to do this it's just mental manipulation you know so now I'm getting a little bit of well it's not a little bit it's still pretty decent but compared to what I'm working for and then there's the people that are beneath me who want to be paid they need their money too so you mean to tell me whatever you pay me I have to split with everybody there's a group of people in this house who are making all this money right all this money that they're holding sometimes some of these kids would run off with the money they'd run off with all the money are you serious yes yes and I don't blame them I do not blame them well furthermore round of applause to them round of applause because this is modern day slavery you know it's modern day slavery these kids are working so hard they're coming to me or the other people who are the middlemen whatever whatever where's our money I'm like you know what here's a little bit but I can only afford what I'm given so I have to split whatever I'm given between everybody else I can give you whatever I can afford but they're thinking oh you know what I just had eight thousand pound in my hand the other day so why you're not trying to give me what this and that and that and that they run off with the money they run off they run off good for them well done to them when you're in it at that age did you ever think like I need to leave at any point or how can I get out of this or was it like I understand it's like PTSD isn't it like you're just or Stockholm you're just so involved mm-hmm. was there ever like a you know like the blinds came off and you like all the time I always used to think I, I had to leave I think where I was so young, and of course Stockholm syndrome, of course, you know, I was just like, oh, the the same thing that's traumatizing me is the same thing that I love so much, you know. That's the the idea that I had. But I, I always thought, you know what, just go back to college. But then I'm thinking, look at all this money. Did you leave college. I did go to college a year, but I. I I, I stayed for like a month or two and I just I don't know how to explain it to you it was like sporadically I was just going from college well actually I only stayed for college for two months and I didn't go back but I did go home so it was always like I was always splitting between do I really want to live this life because I like the money or do I want to go home and do good and be a good child and blah 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 so it was always between those two lives just a lot to take in it's it's a lot (laughs) what I think is I think that a lot of um like young people you know in that Mm. because that you can even get runners that are like 11 yes years old they don't realize oh sorry say that again no I've never seen an 11 year old runner but I've seen a 13 year old runner. Mm. but you they don't realize that it's like the middle men, the men at the top, as you say, are using them because I don't want to say you're disposable, but it's yes, no, that's the word. Yes, 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 and more. Yes, we're very disposable, we're very young, we're impressionable, we're like, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You know, you want me to jump off the bridge, I'll jump off the bridge. We're very disposable because you will be the ones getting arrested and having to go to court and having to like you know do time inside whereas they're they're not doing any of the labor where they can be caught mm. all of the mm. all of the times get pinned on you guys yeah but do you know what I've, I've actually been talking to several charities and 
the, you know, I've had the same conversation I'm having with you with several charities, and these charities are trying to work with um, the police to try. Um, so basically, these charities are trying to work with the police to try and, you know, the modern day slavery, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So they're trying to get the police to understand that there's a triangle system and the ones that they catch usually are the ones who are the victims. They're the victims of modern day slavery. And they will be off the streets in prison and then there'll be a new set of young people that are ready to take their place and that's just the vicious cycle of it all. It's very exactly. easy to see and I, I do think that you speaking out is absolutely fantastic because you've, experienced, you've got the life experience to share you know, mm. help you better. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, it's just shocking. I've, I've obviously I've seen not friends, but I've seen people that I loosely know um, mm -hmm. get done like similar crimes and things. And I just think, how do you get caught up in it? Do you know I'm 26 years old? Until this day, I'm like, how? But how? But then there comes the whole, you know, manipulation and getting inside a child's head. You know, if somebody came up to you, you're a 26 year old woman. Somebody comes up to me and says to me, hey, do you want to sell drugs? You, you can become like me. You can be a boss like me. Ah, I'm 26. You think somebody can manipulate a 26 year old me? But obviously at that time, I'm very young, whatever. And I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to be like, oh, yeah, you know. So they're targeting the, the, the children. And that's why I think it's so, so important that we have these discussions. People need to understand, especially the police, need to understand the victims, that the, the, the people that they're arresting, they're actually victims. If they're a teenager and they're selling drugs, 99.999% of the time, they are a run on, okay? There's somebody on the line telling them what to do, how to do it and when to do it. You know, so I just I, I really hope that change can be done to protect these innocent children, because really they are the victims. They're actually the victims. Would you like to shout out any of your charities that you're working with or any of the projects you're working on, your links, your details? Um, I don't know if I could shout out. I'll just shout out my YouTube channel. Um, Queen Ash on YouTube, very simple. And when you posted it, this was such an interesting conversation. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> Thank you very much for like agreeing because I yeah. have sat on this for weeks and I was like, I need to get Queen Ash. I need to get Queen Ash. And obviously I've been following you on Instagram and every time you post, it's burning me because it's like, I need to talk to you. That's how <laughs> you post I'd be like, it's burning me, it's burning me, it's burning me. You know? <laughs> stayed up and I watched all of your your YouTube videos I couldn't I couldn't rest I wouldn't go to sleep I was like, I had to watch everything I was so engrossed so if you're yeah. listening please go and check out her YouTube channel show her some love Drop thank you so much like subscribe because she's got so so much more interesting content to come I'm sure honestly yeah thank you oh my goodness this was such a nice little chat this is therapy for me you just literally gave me free therapy. <laughs> thank you. Free, free therapy. <laughs> <laughs>
feel free to check out more of my content at ebbyonline.com. <laughs>